Hello and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 132. I'm joined, of course, with my co-host as always, Edwin of unnamedgameshop.com and Jim Caselli of coolstuffinc.com. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Cool Stuff Inc., for the support with free shipping on orders of $100 or more and a sweet 25% buy list bonus. Coolstuffinc.com is a store for all of your Magic the Gathering needs. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, great and okay. Well, Memphis just happened. I was there. Doug was there. Ed was there. Everyone got Girl Scout cookies, including our sponsors, Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, had a little bit of fun with that. How was Memphis, Ed? You, uh, you sort of went viral <laughs> over the weekend. Memphis was a hoot. We'll leave and it not at that. just because you're sick. Memphis was a hoot. It was a hoot nanny. It's it was whatever people say in the South, which I think is a hoot. <laughs> but it wasn't in the South. Memphis isn't in the South. I know. Memphis is Memphis is northern Mississippi. It's basically the South. Do you not know your geography? Memphis is in Tennessee. It's basically northern Mississippi. Nope. Either way, both of those states are still in the Midwest. I'm calling it the South. Anyway, I got to see Ed a couple times throughout the weekend, and he looked like he was having a blast in Memphis. Uh, I know Doug also had a blast in Memphis, if you look at his Twitter feed. So, it's a good time. I did nothing related to MTG Finance at all. I cubed all weekend. It was great. And there's a lot of uh, cartel listeners on site. So thanks for saying hi. Um, Ed, you literally have nothing to add about Memphis. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I I made two pretty extended videos about, uh, not two, I made one extended video about this. So for the people who missed out, there was on Friday, we show up at the venue and as we're walking and setting up, we just hear a jackhammer directly beneath us. Um, Which was pretty fun. We were just, we were just thinking, oh, this will probably go away shortly, which it didn't. It pretty much was there most of the day. It was painfully loud, especially where I was. Uh, there were points where you could feel the ground vibrating directly below us uh, from the jackhammer, uh, which was great. And as a result of that, I sent out a few tweets with uh, decibel meter readings about how loud it was. And eventually, in the middle of the day, they started taking down the hall and moving it to the hall across from where we were. So Friday was pretty much a wasted day. A lot of people uh, basically just straight up said that they couldn't stand how loud it was. Um, It made it very, very hard to actually play inside events. A lot of people who looked like they wanted to deal with with us did in some small capacity. And then they basically just left and said, maybe I'll come back at a later time because they just couldn't handle sitting there and listening to the jackhammer for more than... 10, 15 minutes. At some point in the middle of the day, in order to protect our hearing, we, we set one of the employees off to a wall to buy earplugs so we wouldn't go deaf. It was a hoot. It was a hoot in that day. Um, yeah, Memphis was fun. Yeah, Jim, but... how was your weekend? Uh, I was playing Pokemon Go, so I walked around Disney for uh, three hours, and uh, my feet hurt, but I had fun. I think I might have gotten sunburned, and it's really sad because it's February. <laughs> um, 
moving on, some other stuff happened over the weekend. Wizards decided to announce that they are changing their MSRP on sets. There is no longer going to be an MSRP for Walmart, for Target, for your LGS. So this seems like a pretty important topic to talk about. What do you guys think? Uh, I know I've read a bunch of things about how stores feel about this. Personally, I think it's a little weird because, like, now we don't know how to ex- what to expect for certain pricing schemes. Like, how much does a special set? How much is it supposed to cost? Is it cost it's supposed to cost ten dollars? Is it supposed to cost fifty dollars? It's it's kind of hard to tell. Ed, uh, so I think if you break it down. Um, I think this is generally a good thing, um, mainly because a lot of the product stores weren't really following what MSRP was. Uh, obviously, the most the most prevalent one is booster boxes. I don't imagine anyone who uh, any of us or anyone who actually listens to this podcast has ever paid you know one hundred forty four dollars plus tax for a booster box in their life. Um, Right, the reality of the situation for a long time, it was like two fifty a pack is three dollars a pack. Now it's like four point two five a pack. A lot of stores I see so do three for ten dollars. Um, you can find sometimes stores hold relatively cheap drafts. Uh, like you can draft for ten dollars, twelve dollars with prize support, etc. Um, this becomes a little bit more convoluted when we start looking at some of the oddball ancillary items, especially things like. From the vault, from the vault doesn't really exist anymore. We have things like the spellbook, guild kits, dual decks, which also commander don't exist anthology, anymore. commander anthology, uh, normal commander decks, etc. Um, so it kind of, so it ultimately comes down to what are we supposed to charge on these things now? Um, for a lot of those things, commander, we can kind, we can look back and see that these have been thirty four ninety nine in the past years. I imagine they'll continue to be thirty four ninety nine. It's unlikely that all of a sudden stores are going to start charging fifty dollars now, mainly because people just won't buy them at that price point. The question will uh, will come up more when we have some sort of new product that we haven't seen before, so it's not clear what stores should be charging. I imagine most stores will just follow a very, very basic model of whatever we buy from our distributor, we'll just charge double the price. Usually most stores pay anywhere from 45 to 55% on their product. And just more or less doubling up the price is a fairly common industry standard. The wrench in here is that Amazon and places like Walmart, because they're stocked by third-party vendors, they don't necessarily follow this. Um, so I imagine there might be more issues of, uh, oh, I could just go to Walmart. I can just order this on Amazon to get the sealed product instead because my store doesn't know what they're doing and they're just charging way too much on their products. Um, that being said, I do think the removal of MSRP is a net positive for, uh, the community. I think stores will have to adapt their strategy a little bit. Um, a lot of stores already have. It does make the market much more competitive, but for the consumer, I think it's relatively good, and I think stores will just have to adapt accordingly if they want to if they want to stay competitive. Jim, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know how much it will matter. It will definitely give a different feeling when we see a product announced like you know, if they if they announce like a guild kit style thing, do do we expect it to cost twenty dollars? I don't I don't know. Like it's a lot of a lot of apprehension. Like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I tend to agree with Ed on this. Um the only weird thing is if we get another master set, I think that's the biggest thing for players is going to be what are shops going to charge? Because when Ultimate Masters came out, shops were charging like $12 a pack, $14 a pack, or $16. And the MSRP didn't really matter. We had boxes going for $250 with shops still selling packs at $14 to $16. And it didn't matter that Ultimate Masters went up. Uh, the market sort of dictated what shops were charging in their local area. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, if you guys look at Derek Madlam, who is an old MTG finance guy that used to write for Quiet Speculation, uh, he recently talked about booster packs, for example. Um, even if you sell them at $4 a pack, it's only a 44% profit margin. And that's one of the lowest profit margins for an LGS that carries every product is booster packs compared to bigger games like Dominion or something like that. The profit margins just aren't as good uh, for your LGS. So maybe you'll start to see LGSs raise their pack prices 10 cents to compensate for the fact that uh, distributors are now charging $80 a box or 77 a box, depending on how much you order. Um, the other thing that's interesting is Amazon's relationship with Wizards. And what Wizards is going to sell boxes to Amazon uh, at now because there's no MSRP. So it's going to be interesting. That's definitely for sure. But uh, anything else we want to add before we move on? I think it. I like. I think it ultimately boils down to how the distributors respond to this. Um, it it hurts the big the big stores a lot less. Because they can compensate with volume, uh, pro I imagine the, the stores that can hurt the most are the small mom and pop shops that are only ordering one case of product uh, per cycle or for uh, the for the initial release, one to two cases, which which doesn't seem like a lot, but when your store only holds, you know, when you only have play space for twenty people or something, and you have one person that pre-orders a box, and you're basically selling loose packs. If your distributor costs go up, but you need to keep the same price even competitive, it's really, really hurting the bottom line for those stores. Um, like Jeremy said, they could choose to raise pack price by 10 cents or whatever. Um, but again, I think most stores that are largely dedicated to to game uh, to games like Magic, uh, they probably sell do sell enough products that while it's your it's a lower margin, you can make it. You can you just sell you just sell through so much stuff. Like for example, who knows how much product each location at cool stuff cool stuff has was a gym like five locations in florida i think um and then right they're big enough like if you even if you discount their online sales how many how much do they sell just through their in-store um uh jim said in the chat he thinks it's six now um, yeah i think it's six okay it, it's been a year since i've visited the cool stuff store and been in florida but like again if you discount their online sales um 
right? Like you can only imagine how much product they're selling through their in-store alone. Uh, so even if the distribution costs go up a little bit, not really hurting their bottom line here. So um, again, I think it's just a matter of stores being able to adapt correctly. I do think, like I said, the mom and pop stores will get hurt mo the most by this, but still a net change uh, that's positive, probably for 80% of the people out there, I think. Yep. Anything else you want to add, Jim? All right. You had a good topic that you brought up in the Facebook chat, Jim, about another article Wizards published today. Do you want to get into that? Uh, I don't remember what it was. Classic Jim. Shares yeah, an article I mean, and says, hey, this is important, and then doesn't remember. Oh, yeah. They're doing, like, release weekend is in Europe is now the same as... Like it's weird. It, they changed they changed release weekend, so it's just the weekend. day of the pre-release. Yeah, release and pre-release are now the same thing. So you can order boxes, but then you can also play in a release event because it's no longer a pre-release. So you get the same kits, but you can also buy and sell cards a week before America, for example. So some people in Europe are going to make a lot of money from this. Ed. I think it's. I think that particular instance is pretty odd. Um, I I don't necessarily agree that a, a lot of people in Europe stand to make money. I think even if you were, um, even if you were going to GP London, for example, and you you participate in the pre-releases, um, everyone is more or less on the same page. Uh, you can't really take opportunity. Uh, you can't really take like a big opportunity at least to arbitrage because even if I were to go to London, buy cards, bring them back, for example, I don't really have a good out to sell them because I can't sell them through TCG Player until the release weekend in America anyways. And a lot of Facebook groups are fairly tight about cards, selling cards ahead of schedule because the price, the prices are just so dynamic leading up to the actual release date. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think the fact that the European vendors get a, a one-week release on it, again, doesn't really matter. It's hard to buy prices at GP London. That was uh, something that we talked about fairly extensively um, last week uh, on when we had Gavin on, mainly because no one really knows what to expect. Uh, the, the format for the Mythic Championship in London hasn't been announced yet either. And I think someone on Twitter had brought up an interesting point that putting that particular uh, Mythic Championship and making it standard probably puts too much of a strain on players. Because if it's standard and uh, War of the Spark is legal then, then you have a huge issue with people getting cards unless Wizards just provides them four copies of every card they need to play or whatever, which isn't realistic. Um uh, to make it legal then. And if it's not legal, then people are just going to be playing a stale um, standard format because we've been playing Ravnica Allegiance for some time now. At that point, it'll be in two months of Ravnica Allegiance standard, which will probably be too stale for people. Um, so it's possible that it, it might not be standard at all. It might be something like modern. Um, but again, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, but because this is the first time they've done this, it's kind of a, a wait and see type thing. Good points. Anything else, Jim? Nope. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to reiterate. Sorry that um, the the fact in your mana pool. What? Reiterate. Costs red red. I think. Uh, no, it costs one red red. Oh. And it oh, costs right. six if you want to buy it back. I think. Uh, no, I I wanted to say that like last week I had some reservations about how you know buying and selling cards would work at the Grand Prix, but since you you can basically sell everything. Uh, like it's like a release weekend, then it doesn't matter anymore. Yep, nothing to add. Jim, what's our credit winner of the week? Uh, that's not very nice. You should say who is our credit winner of the week. Ah, which lucky yeah. person has been bestowed with a $25 gift certificate to coolstuffinc.com? That is a good question. Uh, you'll because have to give me a minute because I wasn't ready for that. Two things then. Uh, one of the winners tweeted out what he won. It was like design sleeves is what he shopped for. Like the new dragon shield sleeves that have patterns on them. Um, oh, the ones that with the dragons? Yeah. Those are uh, pretty that's sweet. What he got. And then I'd also like to nominate Ed for a vending purple heart as he received a grievous injury this weekend at GP Memphis. Wait, what happened? Our own podcaster heroically somehow survived a splinter in his hand while vending. Truly one of the hardest things a vendor's been through in the last 10 years. What is that so even? Will be, what are you even talking about? No, I, I, got, <laughs> yeah, I got a splinter in my hand while setting up on Saturday or something because we got crappy tables. So, yeah. I also ate caviar. So, I also ate caviar because someone brought caviar to a booth. On it was Friday. garbage caviar. Monty was passing it around. Not bad. It's fine. Nope. Beluga caviar is not garbage caviar. It's not royal, etc. So uh, I have a question of the week that we can uh, we can talk about because uh, we forgot to talk about this uh, when it happened. Oh right, it's been a whole week. Yeah. So. Um, Nathan Klein asks, Hey, aristocrats, do you think the TCG player changes as a buyer? Uh, do you like the TCG player changes as a buyer or a seller? At first glance, I'm happy as a buyer. How do you think selling strategies will change on the platform? Um, so we forgot to talk about this because I don't know some other stuff. Oh, cause the mythic championship stuff, like the weird pre-release thing happened. Yep. Uh, basically what they're doing now is that you can, um, you can sell cards that cost less than $2, but the buyer has to pay the difference. And $5. They, they yeah. change the pricing systems. So for TCG Direct, there's, new, there's now a new fee in place for TCG Direct, and Ed's giggling. And for cards under $2 for buyers, you can now pay $0.78 cents to get a card shipped under $2. Um, yeah, basically, so future. like when, when it would otherwise have been like, you can't purchase anything because your cart doesn't have enough cards in it. Now, that's just not a thing anymore. Yes, but what people fail to realize is if you're buying 10 cards under $2 from different sellers and you don't combine them in the same cart, you're paying multiple shipping on each of those cards, at which point it would be easier to buy from a retail site like Channel Fireball or Cool Stuff. Because they will individually be charging you shipping on each order under $2. So that's something to keep in mind. 
your popper deck may cost a little more if you're not ordering from the same seller. It's another push towards direct, uh, and they're already doing pretty well with that. And they're taking more of a percentage for sales under $5 now for direct. Um, Ed, you've also looked at this. You've also been a part of the direct program for a while. Any thoughts? Uh, I, I talked about this a bit with a few different vendors. Um, I think TCG definitely is getting at something for lack of a better way to describe it. Uh, they had announced that this year at Gamma, which is, uh, which is a huge convention for retailers, uh, uh, distributors, uh, game manufacturers, et cetera. Um, it's happening in Reno in about a month here. Um, TCG player announced that they'll have a cocktail party where they're making some announcements, which I imagine is going to be direct related. Um, it won't surprise me because like Jeremy said, this announcement is again, a, a pretty fairly big push towards direct sellers. Um, so Nathan, to kind of focus back in on your question and, uh, uh, address it directly. I think as a buyer, it's fine. Um, we've, I've definitely had times where I was just trying to uh, fill out some specific things um, and just order relatively small cards. It doesn't happen much anymore, obviously. Uh, but it was mildly annoying to not, to have to go through some of these small sellers that they, they list so few cards that they have the cheapest price on it. Jeremy, what are you doing? I just have <laughs> my pop rise is just Jeremy and notice that Jeremy's just sending pictures to my Facebook. Um, They're all I, a blue eyes, white dragon for some reason. I don't understand. All right. I appreciate <laughs> memes. Ah, dear God. Um, right. So it's, I, I definitely sympathize with a lot of people, especially, you know, popper players, uh, Commander players, you're trying to find four bulk rares that cost, you know, 50 cents or whatever. Um, it's a little frustrating as a seller. I understand why that limit was put in place. A lot of, a lot of vendors uh, in the TCG retailers group have actually called for the minimum to go up. It was previously $2. People are wanting it to go up to $3 because uh, uh, the post office has actually raised a price on shipping. Um I want to say about three weeks ago at this point. So it now costs over $3 to ship an order, excuse me, an order with uh, tracking a first class order and stamps have gone up. Was it four cents? Five four cents? or five cents, yeah. Yeah, four or five cents. Um, so it's definitely a little bit harder. I think all this minimum does is, I think there's two parts to it. First, it will force a lot of smaller vendors who may not have who may not have the ability to ship out a ton of small orders to readjust how they price their cards and because of this i also think that prices will correct upwards generally prices will correct upwards because this bulk rare that is selling for 12 cents or whatever that's above the threshold the fact that someone can effectively just buy it if i want to buy exactly one bulk rare i can um Right, so a bulk rate that's like twelve cents. I pay this. I pay the seventy-eight cents. It gets to my door for ninety cents. It kind of sucks as a vendor because on that ninety cents, you're paying a, a flat fee to T Street player. You're paying a percentage 
uh, on that overall sale here. And now you're paying the cost of shipping, which has gone up. So it's about 55 cents. And then if you are operating at a high enough tier where let's say you get your supplies as cheap as possible. So your top loader, penny sleeve and plain white envelope, you're, you're still paying probably about 7.2 to 7.4 cents. I imagine roughly in that ballpark range. Um, you're basically just making nothing on cards at that point. And what that will do is most vendors will probably put a flat fl uh, floor on how cheaply they can charge for cards. Mm -hmm. Because if, if they get too many of these orders, they're literally losing money. If you factor in um, the costs, which are already taking a loss on, and the fact that they have to pay someone to pack these orders. Um, can I so, give a good example? Yeah, go ahead. So serum visions and swords to plowshares are all a dollar to two or two to three on TCG, depending on the edition. And a lot of people pay 50 cents or quarters to get those in. But if you sell a Serum Visions and it's only a one of instead of a two over a three of, you're literally losing money on that order every time. And a lot of sellers got fed up with it, especially a lot of the smaller sellers who thought that they could do it on their own, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's like it's one thing when you're you're one of the uh, shipping giants and you can pull and you have people pulling thousands of cards at once, it becomes much easier because the, uh, because the more cards you have to do per order, the more efficient it gets. Like Jeremy said, if I'm selling one, I'm losing money, but if I sell two, it's probably break even at three, I'm probably making a little bit of money. Um, so what this is, what this is going to do, either people are going to stop selling, you know, my example, a book rare at 12 cents or Jeremy's example, Servisions at $2 or whatever. Um, and now it's just going to be priced upwards. Now it's going to be priced this book rare. Most of the cheaper ones will either disappear as people buy them or people are just going to batch update their prices. Now it's going to cost 25 cents for us bulk rare now. Um, which is unlikely to sell, but in the event that it does sell as a single card, 25 cents plus 78 cents, at least you're not taking a huge bath on it. Um, I think that's what's going to go. So it, like on the surface, it might look like it's a good change, uh, Nathan, because again, hey, I want to buy one card, pay 78 cents. But I think down the line, it's going to cause just a massive price adjustment in the market. And most of these cards will just trend upwards. Again, because it's not, it's not, not really worth it to pay so much in fees and the labor to ship out one card at this point. Yep. I just want to say like, yes, it will. Tr I, I agree with Ed in the premise that yeah, cards, the, the cheapest cards will become more expensive. But honestly, I think that most of the time, like the 12 cent bulkers are not things that a lot of people are necessarily that worried about. Like, I don't know how many of them in Ravnica Allegiance are 12 cents, but I have to imagine that almost all of them are basically unplayable in all situations. Like 10 to 20 of them. I was actually looking at it today for our pick of the week. Yeah, but like, so so of those cards that are like 12 cents, like how many of them realistically will people be buying at 12 cents versus 25 cents? Like, I don't think if you're going to pay the extra 76, 78 cents, I'm sorry, to, to ship it, like, does it even matter that much? I don't. I don't one's necessarily... like the casual discard one that creates zombie tokens is one that's been selling really well online. So that's something for, to watch, for, like for example. Cents? Yeah. So, so like if you look at the amount of those moving, it's a very large amount of them. So this is one where you're seeing a lot of it sold in one and two ofs, 
and people are willing to pay the increase on that because they see discard my zombies, draw cards, and get more zombie tokens. So, so right now the changes are not in effect, right? Like you can't no, order stuff. Not until $2. a little bit. So, so these are parts of larger orders still, like these twelve cent cards or whatever. Because I think there's also a non-zero number of cards that get ordered because they need to hit the minimum. Like I've definitely ordered a card that was like a dollar eighty, and then found like you know, three bulk foils that they had listed to just get the cart over $2 so that I could purchase the card. Like, I don't know if there's necessarily... I don't know that, that the people that were actually going to buy this for $0.12 cents are going to pay the extra $0.78 cents to get it shipped. Like, if they are, then I don't know that there's not that much difference than it being $0.25 cents and $0.78 cents to have it shipped. Like, or going your LGS, which is yeah, why most like, people shop online. I, I have a feeling that a lot of these like weird, weird random throwing cards that people would sell, like I don't know, like random like basic lands or um, like kind of almost playable commons and uncommons, like weird niche things from a standard set that people would just like throw in their cart to get to two dollars. Like those cards, I don't think will sell as much, so I don't know that it matters. But if there's like really weird, obscure things, like some weird like. Kamigawa uncommon that you really want that like nobody else has in stock you can just purchase it now and I don't think that it's going to make it appreciably more um, expensive to buy that other than the 78 cents to ship it well we'll see um, we obviously have different takes on this and time will tell I, I, I think the bulk rare example is is probably not the best one. That's that's the one I just happened to spit. That's why I went with Serum Visions. Right. It's a little more normal. Right. So I think the most realistic one is everything that's priced at one one dollar ninety-nine cents. Um everything that's priced at one dollar ninety-nine cents, which is which is the price because uh previous this, because if you wanted to buy one card, you had to buy something else to push you over the top. Most people just did list um anything cheaper than that because it's just not worth it um everything that's one dollar 99 is probably just gonna be priced at two dollars 99 cents just to cover again the fees and the time because I, I i foresee that being a very practical increase um which is why i just think most of these small items will just naturally trend upwards to um correct accordingly but okay and jim where can nathan claim his credit for this week Nathan, you can send me an email at cartelaristocrats at gmail.com. And if you'd like to win next week, you can leave a comment on the article that should go up uh, Wednesday, February 20th on coolstuffinc.com. Yep. And uh, let's get into pick of the week, right? All right, Ed, what you got? Uh, my pick of the week is is Smothering Tithe. Uh, it is. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Yeah, it is a Ravnica Allegiance uh, rare. It is the enchantment. Uh, whenever someone, whenever a opponent draws a card, they may pay two. If they don't, you produce a um, a treasure token. It looks it looks fairly bad. Uh, this card will never be competitive. But uh, I recently witnessed an EDH game where I can't remember what their commander was, but they played Smothering Tithe, and then immediately played Time Twister. Um, so they just generated pretty much infinite mana, and then they just proceeded to play several more spells over the course that turn with all the mana that they produced because people couldn't pay for how many cards they drew. Um, this is the type of card... Like, these these taxing-type effects do very well in casual circles. Um, 
this is a type of card that started very very cheap and then it just got it's slowly trended upwards four or five the, bucks for yeah, a while it's, it's four or five bucks uh people have taken note to uh not sell this as a bulk rare uh I, a lot of buy lists are starting to pay actual numbers on them um because people have started to identify that these cards sell very well um and it probably will sell very uh very well for its lifetime and standard independent of the fact that this card will never be competitive um I, th I see this card drawing a lot of parallels to Anointed Procession, which was identified at the beginning as basically a casual card. It did see a brief spike in uh, uh, competitive play because some tokens deck had existed. It basically fell off, uh, bottomed out once it rotated. It was down to 3 to $4, and now if you look at like Card Kingdom buy lists, Card Kingdom is paying like nine to ten dollars on this card i think i've seen as high as 11 before which is absolutely insane and you basically even look at tg player you can't find anointed possession for less than eight dollars now and i imagine smothering tithe pretty much going along that same price projection a year down the road we cannot keep this card in stock it is a commander all-star locally i i i recently just played it in a game of commander that will eventually get posted on youtube uh but yeah it's 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 way better than it looks and it looks pretty good uh i would also like to note that if you are uh if your lgs has the guild kits in stock there is one in the orzov guild kit which is kind of insane because that guild kit has also a debtor's nail it has the 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 foil on the front is tsa scion of or, uh, orzov which is yep. like 12 dollars now like there's at Not least for like long. Four. Not for well, long. I don't know, man. Like they've already they've been out for over a week and that card still hasn't gone down very much. Like I don't know if it's just like people don't realize that it's in the guild kit, but uh Batista is still quite expensive. And generally so, and generally Orzov cards as of late have just been just exploding left and right. Every everything Orzov is just isolated chapel. So much free money. Good call. Oh my god, are those finally expensive? I mean, relative to where they were, Bios used to be fifty cents. So, what are they now? I think three or four. Oh man! Oh no, still gotta wait a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can you can buy Tesa for like nine dollars on TCG Player, and that's like half the cost of the Guild Kit. So, the uh, the Guild Kit's pretty sick. Um, most of them are pretty sick. But the Orzov one in particular, if you see it for MSRP, if you see it for $20, $20, yep. that's MSRP, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. If, so. you, if you see, if you, well, no, like future products will not have MSRP. $23 at your LGS because Wizards can't tell you 20 Oh my God. All right. Well, if you see it at your LGS for $20, it is quite a good pickup, even if you don't necessarily need all the cards in it. Sorry to get on that tangent, but. Smothering Ties is great. Um, I feel like Revel and Riches eventually will also be great, but we're not quite there yet. Just that now that you specifically mentioned that card, Channel Fireball had that on their hot list this hot weekend. List for, this weekend. For their $1. Hot list was that, yeah, their, their hot list was absolutely insane. It was very good this week, but the fact that they're paying $1 on that card is definitely make, makes it worthwhile to pull out of bulk, which means that they're simply selling in such a high volume that they can't keep in stock. I mean... Have you ever have you like have you ever seen a game where someone has Revel of Riches in play? It's pretty great. 
And actually, they're two dollars now. Like the cheapest copy on TCG Player is a dollar seventy-five. So they're recently like two dollars there. Yeah, go back yep. and pick this card out bulk. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's a good combo with Smothering Tides because you just like suffocate them and then you win the game. Jim, what's your pick of the week? My pick this week is uh, oh my god, what is the name of the card? Angel of Grace. Uh, a lot of people are really excited about the next set. They think that there's like, going to be a bunch of Planeswalkers, and people are like, oh, man, I should buy all the cards that say Planeswalker on them. And I'm like, well, that's probably not a great idea. Uh, Angel of Grace is a really big flying flash threat, which is the kind of thing that you need to do to beat Planeswalker cards in particular. Uh, if there are a large number of Planeswalkers in the next set, large evasive creatures are the kinds of things that you need to do uh, play to beat them, and I feel like that's the kind of card that will see an up uptick in popularity. Um, we're about to get to our point where we're at the biggest, like the biggest standard, where it's at eight sets. And once it gets to eight sets, cards that are more controlling tend to be better because you have more options. Uh, whereas, like aggressive cards tend to be better when the standard is smaller. So, like in the fall after rotation, you want to play a, an aggressive deck, but in the summer right after the last set comes out like uh more controlling decks are generally more popular uh you can find this for about four dollars on tcg player i think that if you play standard you probably want to own a set if you don't play standard um this is probably a good time to buy it and if you have any interest in playing the card it'll probably go down to like a dollar after it rotates out of standard but like are you gonna wait another year for that i don't think so this seems like the best time to get them Nice. My pick of the week, I have two, and I sort of teased it on Twitter. Um, Commander 17, everything is spiking. Uh, Harold's Horn is finally going up, all that stuff. So I've been looking at Commander 18, and there's a couple of TCG player power sellers that are selling stuff for basically Card Kingdom buy list. So just to give a breakdown of some stuff that are not my picks a week, um, 211 copies of Imperial Storm, which makes 4-4 White Angels that has Storm for each spell you've cast. Uh, 15 cents each, 211 of those. Uh, Genesis Storm, uh, 71 copies at 15 cents. One of my picks of the week, Heavenly Blade Master. Uh, this gives your creatures an, R an aura slash anthem uh, for each equipment attached to it. Give every other creature plus one, plus one. And when it ETBs, attach them all to this. Uh, this is seeing a lot of play in Boros aggro decks. And Card Kingdom buy list is currently uh, quarters on these. And they're 32 cents on TCG. And you could buy a lot of them. This is probably a $2 card in a year or so. So I'm going with penny stocks this week. The other card that is easily going to be broken at some point is Myth Unbound. I don't know if Jim plays this in anything. Jim? Is that the card that makes your commander cost less after it's been in the command zone? It's yeah. Is it champion? Yeah. So I don't like I, it's. I I would play it in an enchantress deck, but I don't. My enchantress costs, uh, Wooberg and one, so that's really not that helpful for me. Correct. But there's a second line of text that says when your commander is put into anywhere, uh, put in the command zone from anywhere. Draw a card. Um, these are currently ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, those are better with, with partner commanders because yep. you don't have to pay the tax as many times. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I, sorry, I, I sorry to cut you off, but I agree with you. It's definitely more okay. of a speculative thing. It's it's like what, like I feel like partners eventually going to come back in a commander set, and when it does, people are going to get like really hyped for the partners, and that'll be a good card to include in their decks. Um, the reason why I like this is there's currently 400 copies on TCG for under a dollar. And three buy lists are at 85 cents, 70 cents, and 68 cents. So there's definitely demand from vendors. Um, I obviously have the free play of selling these for full retail in a shop for $2 each. Um, but this is something where I literally took 300 bucks, put it on penny stocks, and worst case, I'll buy lists for probably break even in a year. But if any of one of these pops, like it's free to buy list at a GP. So I'm going I in on all penny stocks from Commander 18. I am fairly disappointed you did not advise people to go bid on the $100,000 9.5 Alpha Lotus that's on PWC. Yeah, I was going to get into that. Uh, um, pro probably topic for next week. Next, next week. week. Yeah, because I think the auction ends on Monday, I think. It I ends Monday, yeah. Yeah, probably topic for next week. Yep. Yeah. Free money. Um, this is how mafia works. So, all right. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Where where can people find you guys? Uh, I'm at Edwin13 on Twitter. Uh, I will be in Cleveland uh, this week for the Pro Tour and Magic Fest. Allegedly. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Jeremy's middle name should just be legally changed to allegedly. I think he needs to actually look up what the definition of allegedly means. Yep. It's sort of important for law. Yeah, so. I know. Aren't you like studying to do that or something? Yep. Allegedly. <laughs> you can't say yes and then also <laughs> allegedly. You're not, you don't accuse yourself of anything. Yeah. Jim? Uh, my name is Jim Casal. You can find me on Twitter at PHROSD underscore. You can find my articles on CoolStuffInc.com, and you can find me on this lovely podcast. My name is Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter at MissouriMTG. Uh, this week I was on Living a Legacy to discuss TOing and the costs involved. Um, yeah, it'll be at Cleveland. The week after that's LA. I think we're both going to that. And um, yeah, I don't know. You can listen to Cartel at SoundCloud, YouTube, CoolStuffInc.com, iTunes. Am I missing anything? MTG Cast whenever they go back up. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. It was a quick episode because Ed needs dinner. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And as always, we will see you next week. And bye-bye. <laughs>